0: Hey, welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name's Ray. I'm going to be the one talking football with you. What went right for the Indianapolis Colts? What went wrong for the New England Patriots? Did Mac Jones speak out of turn when he talked about the Patriots' poor practice? The Chiefs are being ravaged by COVID-19. And is it time for the Carolina Panthers to sit down and move on from Cam Newton. I'm with my boy Lawrence. We're going to talk about all of that tonight here on Talking Football with Ray. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we got to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero! Happy Tuesday, everybody. In fact, happy Tuesday, December the 21st. It's your boy Ray here on Talking Football with Ray. I guess that means i am the one talking football with you. Hey, don't forget that you can check out Good Morning Pats Nation every morning Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time where I talk nothing but the New England Patriots. And, of course, this is the Talking Football with Ray podcast. It's live on YouTube and Twitter at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, and it's also up on the podcast network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that kind of thing, and DeanBlundell.com, and this is where I talk everything National Football League. Let me stop you right there for a second though. Thank you to everybody who's watching live. Thank you everybody's watching the replay. If you are, don't forget, smash that like button, hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit that little notification bell. See every time I got something new that comes out on the channel. Hey, follow me over on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. That's my personal Twitter account. That's where I tweet the most, but I also got a business account at Ray. Check it out there. I cover the New England Patriots over on Newsbreak. I do short news vlogs there, six to seven a day. Uh, I had a little chat, no longer covering the entire NFL. It was too much. I can talk about the Patriots freely So that's where I am now. They're cool with it, but I had to keep up the quantity. Go check it out over there. And, of course, go on over to The Mothership, DeanBlundell.com. I cover the entire NFL over there. You can find my blogs. You can find the podcast, Everything NFL, over at DeanBlundell.com. If you didn't hear that, it's DeanBlundell.com. That's the mothership. All those links are in the description. All right, guys, we are going to take a break here. You're going to hear from my sponsors over at Newsbreak. And when we come back, I'll be with my boy Lawrence, and we'll be talking a little bit of football. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak, covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So, download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win win for everybody. So, please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. Hey, and we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. Of course, I'm with my boy Lawrence Owen. You can find him over on his channel. Either look up Lawrence Owen, look up Colts Law. He's also from the. He also hosts his own podcast called the Colts Law Podcast. But he's also the host of the Believe in Colts Podcast with the Quell Jackson and Lawrence Owen. And you can find him on Twitter at Colts underscore Law. Lawrence, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man. This week's been kind to me
1: as a Colts fan. I'm I, I feel bad. Uh, I understand that it has not been good for a lot of the Patriots fans, but you know what? It just let, you know, it was just one game, one game. Just kind of let it ride. It was it was a tough it was a tough game to watch. I'm sure if it was a Patriots fan,
0: uh, it was a frustrating game to watch. And you know what? Let's just get right into my first uh, sort of category that I had here. Because here's how I've described the game the last couple of days. I said it was one of those games where Colts fans are going to stand up and they're going to talk about everything the Colts did well. Oh, look at Darius Leonard. Look at Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line. Look how physical everybody played and so on. Patriot fans are going to turn around and talk about, look at the lack of aggression. Look how unprepared they look. Look how brutal Mac Jones looked. Look how bad the offensive line looked. Um, yeah, the, the Colts were aggressive, but they outmuscled them. The Patriots can be tougher. We saw what they could do in the fourth quarter. Why couldn't they do that for three quarters? And, and, and teams, you know, both fan bases are going to bounce back and forth. I said it's going to be difficult this week to have a discussion with an Indianapolis Colts fan, and not necessarily you, but when you're trying to talk on Twitter, because – They're not going to see anything the Patriots did bad. They're only going to see everything the Colts did well. And for Colts, for Patriot fans, we're not going to acknowledge anything that the the Colts were doing right. We're only going to acknowledge everything we know the Patriots can do better. So I'm going to throw the first question at you. You pay attention to the Patriots. You pay attention to the Colts. I've broken this down on both sides. What went right for the Colts on Saturday and what went wrong for the Patriots on Saturday?
1: what went right for the colts was they came in with a, a a soul mindset to be more physical than the new england patriots and they did that they they were just they they played more physical they they had that idea of you know what we, we want to continue with this physicality mindset and and it was national you know national televised something the colts hadn't gotten a lot before this year and they came in and, and did exactly that. And that is why they won this game. What went wrong for the Patriots? It kind of looked like, and I'll, I'll be honest, uh, it, it kind of looked like they were a little bit off focus, right? Uh, it, it was, okay, so like the 67-yard touchdown, that's that's a play that, you know, your boy your your linebacker there sitting there he he should have been able to make and uh, he was just inside a little bit too far and you know taylor took off on him uh offensive line had issues protecting um not just protecting mac jones but also creating the lanes that the patriots are used to seeing in the run game right so I, I think their focus was not quite as high as what we normally see a Patriots team and their focus. And I I I I, I think, in all honesty, no matter what you look at it, I think that the noise, uh, no matter what Bill Belichick says, the noise had to play a little bit of a part. Especially with a rookie quarterback, right? Hearing things, getting out the play calls, making sure everybody knew what their assignments were and stuff, their protection assignments, things of that nature. Because it was very, very loud. I know they played in loud stadiums before, but this, I think, was a little bit different.
0: Yeah. So I, the offense was the problem for the Patriots. Mm hmm. Um, l- Look, a block punt for a touchdown. Great execution by by the Colts. Jakob Johnson just missing his assignment, you know, makes things a little bit easier, but you still got to execute. So whatever, erase that. Up until that big run, that 67-yard run where Hightower overpursued and for now twice in 3 games, where Hightower over pursued and Devin McCordy didn't have an angle in both fifty-four and thirty-two. I'm wearing thirty-two. I was wearing fifty-four for the game. Where fifty-four and thirty-two, the most experienced defenders on that team, took over pursued runners and took bad angles, is just mind blowing to me from a from just a decision standpoint by those teams. And both times it was more hightower leaving McCordy out to dry as well. So I will, you know, I'll I'll help thirty two out a bit. But up until that 67-yard run, they'd held Jonathan Taylor to 86 yards, and uh, and the Colts had scored. It was 86 yards at that point, and the Colts 103. Had scored three at the time of the 67. Yeah, he had 170, regardless.
1: and 67 was the last run. So regardless,
0: 103 yards mm-hmm. and 13 points. That's all Indy did. Okay, take away that take away that block punt. Indy's offense put up 13 points prior to that. So I can't turn around and look at the defense who against a team that averages 28 points a game who scored 20 points, because that's not an offensive score on, on a punt. On a team that's averaging over 28 points a game, scored 20 points the whole game, I can't look at the Patriots' defense and say, you're the problem. The Patriots' offense um, and the Colts' defense was the problem in that game. Isaiah Wynn is a turnstile. He continues to be a turnstile. Offensive penalties were ridiculous. Um, From false starts to holding calls to um, the delay of game after going up to the line with 13 seconds left. It's That's where the issue came. And as a Patriots fan... I turn around and say, "Okay. Your defense held Carson Wentz to five receptions. You held up until one play the what should be MVP to 100 yards and 13 points with whatever time was left in the game, 2 minutes or 3 minutes whatever It like was just it was either at the two, it was right before the 2 minute warning, right? That that they scored that point and basically sealed the game. And your offense just, it, it couldn't get it going. And there were some some bad things that happened. Um, the the, the slow-developing flea flicker. And, yes, there was a little bit of pressure coming, but Brandon, Brandon Bolden looked like he had no idea how to set up a flea flicker. Like, it was just, it was so slow to develop. They had Nikhil Harry had taken the top off your defense. I mean, he was wide open down the field, and Mac Jones didn't have time to throw the football. At the same time, something that people aren't pointing out, Mac Jones was like two feet away from the line when they did the flea flicker. Like on a flea flicker, you got to go back and find <laughs> yourself the space. Um, the 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 Colts, you know, people were mad because they're like, the Colts told you they were going to take the run game away. But the Colts haven't stopped the run all season, so let's not pretend like that's been their focus of strength. You know what? The Buffalo Bills said they were going to take the run away, and and Mac Jones threw the ball three times, so I don't care what the other team says. You have to live to your strength, and you didn't. You got bullied by the offensive line, and we all know the Colts' offensive line is good, but it's not like the Patriots' front seven has been bad this year. They've gone up against the Browns when they were a fully healthy offensive line. They've gone up against some solid offensive lines and have won the day or done well against it. You got bullied off the line. Um, again, your rookie quarterback, awful. They got to stop just using Johnny Smith because every time that guy has a play of 10 yards plus, there's a penalty called on the play. It's every single time. Um. Anyways, people are looking at this game this week and like, oh, fuck, if we lose in this net, If the Patriots lose on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills and end up in a wild card spot, or God forbid something even worse happens this year and they miss the playoffs, I'm not going to be looking at the Bills game on Sunday. I'm going to be looking at the Colts game on Saturday because a win by the Patriots on Saturday would have had New England on cruise control the rest of this season. And as far as I'm concerned, it's one thing to go and just get beat and I'm not taking anything away from the Colts. You know what I mean? But to be beat by crowd noise, you know what I mean? To be beat by those kind of things. And that's, that's where those false starts come. You're beat by crowd noise on there. Um, to be, to be beat on a, on a, dis, on a defensive shift, which, you know, the Patriots probably see offense probably sees a thousand times in practice. Cause that's all the Patriots defense does is shift at the line. It's. It was just. It was bad. It was bad. I do want to
1: bring up one point. That block punt changed the entire d- dynamic of the game. Right? Who knows how that game would have went in the second half had that not had that block punt uh, return for a touchdown not happened? Because it would have been a lot closer game at that point, and both teams would have completely had different play calling. You know, offensively and defensively in that game, it's a completely different going into halftime. Uh, a ten nothing game than a seventeen nothing game, right? Yeah. Uh, so you know that block punt uh, return for a touchdown. In my opinion, that was the that was the the complete game changer in this entire game.
0: David Counter says, "Law dog, congrats on the win. Not a good day for my pass, but give credit where it's due." And I'm happy to say that, because like I said before this game, I think that uh, a lot of Patriot fans ignored the good things the, the Colts did, um, which is unfair to to the Colts who performed. But I watched a lot of Colts creators, and I watched a lot of Colts Twitter, and none of them, they acted, you know, a lot of Colts fans, Lawrence, have acted like they beat the Patriots A-team on Saturday, and they didn't either, you know what I mean? And it's, again... It's it's one it was one of those games that one team was was good. You can't even you can't take it away from them, but one team was uncharacteristically bad in other areas that both fan base are just gonna focus on what their individual teams look like. It, it well, wasn't it was one of those games.
1: Yeah, it was well, here's the thing. It was, it's not like the Colts were playing great on every aspect of the game either, as well. Uh everyone watched that game and saw Carson Wentz had maybe his worst game of the year. Right. And, and it's not just because he threw 12 passes. It's because a lot of those passes were way off target. Right. There was one pass where he threw way behind Michael Pittman and had Michael Pittman not knock that ball out of J.C. Jackson's hand. That's a pick six. You know, uh, there there was a bunch of plays where the passing game just wasn't there in the first half. And um, credit to New England's pass defense, because they they are one of, if not the best pass defenses in the NFL. And the Colts knew that, right? They they knew that and, and so you knew that the Colts were going to be a little run heavy in this game. But once you started seeing that pat, once the Colts went up 17, you saw that Carson Wentz was not having a good day against this really good pass defense. I think that shifted the uh that that shifted the play calling even more so. So um yeah both both teams Could have played better. Um, I'm also not one of those guys that like to throw refs in the game, but there were calls and non-calls on both sides of the field that could have been done, you know, uh, that there were on both for both teams. There was, there was calls. And that's why I was like, I I look at the refs and I go, you know what generally ends up with refs. It kind of, that's funny that you brought that up. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I brought refs, it. Up.
0: I wasn't going to. I brought it up because you started talking. Yeah,
1: it. yeah. With, with, with refs, it, it, when you follow a team, generally you see the calls that are made or not called against your team way more than what you see against the the team that's not with you. Right? There was a bunch for both sides, and this was a game. And it's Carl Cheffers We knew there was going to be calls calls made on this game, um, but you're right. Some of those calls should not have happened. Uh, And and the crowd noise I think did have, you know, with those false starts and things of that nature. So um, I just, I I look at this game as this is, this is actually, I know it's a learning experience for the Patriots, mainly for, for Mac. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that this is a, uh, a moral victory for the Patriots, but I'm saying it, it is a game that 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 uh, Matt Jones can learn from and gain some experience in. And I think that'll only make him better moving down the line.
0: I think it, it was either Jamie Collins or Brandon Bolden who said it too. There was a lot of swagger in that Patriots locker room and they kind of needed the wake-up call. And we've seen it in the past with the Patriots where they they – they get that wake up call loss, that marquee loss sometime late in the season where it's uh give your head a shake and, and pull your head out of your ass and, and realize that the other teams are out there. What does and I don't blame the refs for anything in that game. Um, I made one tweet about uh about one call, and it's more because you know me and my hypocrisy of the National Football League, right? Like, um and and, and listen, I just covered it in my recording of good morning, Pat's nation, like Josh McDaniels came out today and said, neither of the hits on Nelson Aguilar or uh, Nikhil Harry were dirty. They were bang, bang plays. However, they were still helmet to helmets. There's still penalties, whether it's intentionally dirty or not. It's the helmet, to helmet, no flag got thrown. Uh, The one on, on Aguilar. I don't know. It was close. I could, I can live with, it looked like a lot of incidental contact, the one on on Harry, I didn't call it intentional, but the guy came from behind and hit him in the head with a helmet. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was, there's no way Harry's throwing his helmet into him from behind. My argument is, if he would have made the stop and stood over Harry and did this, it would have been a flag for taunting. But they don't call the helmet the helmets, and that's just where I get. The hypocrisy of the nfl like it, it's it's the league that has ignored concussions and pretend that there's no head trauma that head trauma doesn't exist but god damn it if you point out a fucking the other team you know what i mean we're going to teach you a lesson because there's kids watching folks there's kids watching um anyways i wanted to get to another one here go ahead and while he's
1: looking throw back to dean blindell smash that subscribe button
0: smash it up smash it up i don't know what the hell i wanted to get to now i'll throw up this one as a joke because hey Lawrence, is it true that the colts uh put up a banner calling themselves regular season champs
1: they put up a banner uh saying that hey we finally beat the patriots for the first time in in 12 years or whatever you know no they didn't i'm just saying (laughs) oh uh
0: that's what i wanted to bring up michael Pittman. Uh, prior to the ejection, if you look at the numbers and I had a chance to watch the tape yesterday broken down by Evan Lazar. Um I think even you as a Colts fan, if you've seen the coaches film, you'd have to say it was was for the most part owned by JC Jackson throughout that game. did the Patriots show people how to slow down Pittman or was that just Michael Pittman going up against one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL?
1: Well, it's also, I mean, you got to figure a lot of those like, okay. So that one pass to Michael Pittman that could have been intercepted have Carson Wentz had had led him properly. That's a completion, you know, uh, there there was some bad passes. JC Jackson did a good job. Uh, Michael Pittman, runs a four or five right JC Jackson is much faster now he, in an agile he's able to cover Michael Pittman very well there's not there's not seven corners in the NFL that can cover Michael Pittman like that there, there isn't okay? okay so uh that's 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 that you know that's just I mean, more
0: indicative of him going up against JC Jackson yeah
1: in my opinion that is yes
0: Okay. I was just wondering, I just wondering what your take on that was. Okay, I want to move on from this game and I want to get into Mac Jones. So, uh Mac Jones comes out after Saturday on Saturday the press conference on Saturday. It was a bad day for everybody. Bill Belichick even came out and apologized to the media for being so short for them. So, for him to apologize, you know, it was bad. Um and I did see your tweet. Uh you talking about him uh sending condolences to Ryan Kelly even yeah. during that that press conference. And and we should put out our deepest condolences to uh to Ryan kelly i as a father i can only imagine um what what he's feeling i read his post today and it brought just brought tears to my eyes and um uh the the faith in god that they have and the strength that they're they're carrying right now and the way he he carried himself through this um all all the power to the kelly family and um it's hard to be classy in these kind of situations an absolute class uh, and our condolences to the kelly family um uh, for those of you who don't know, they they lost their their child uh, over, I think on the seventeenth of December during um, birth. Yes, during birth, it looked like a by the weight and size it looked like a premature birth, and they unfortunately lost Mary Kate. I believe was the uh, was the young girl's name. So um, our condolences to them. All right, transition back. Um, so Mac Jones comes out and he says, you know. Uh, we had a bad week of practice or we weren't executing or there's a lack of enthusiasm. Belichick is asked about it on Monday. He kind of dodges the question and says, you know, it was a little bit about execution. It's a little bit about this and yeah, you know, it's got to be better, but doesn't really answer. Lawrence guy veteran gets asked about it. He kind of says, you know, we're just focusing on next week. We got to focus. He asks Josh McDaniels today. McDaniel says something along the lines and says something along the lines like, like, look, you know, like, some guys see things differently and, uh, you know, it was just, I've never been to a perfect practice and everybody's kind of just dodging the question as the week goes on. And so I, I'm never one to say, this is what's going on in the Patriots locker room. This is cause I don't fucking know what's going on in the Patriots locker. Room. I'm not going to pretend. However, I did do a read the tea leaves on this one. And there's a part of me who's wondering, did Mac Jones speak out of turn? And that is the, um, in that, because, nobody has come out and said like mac is right you know what i mean like and you get it like people like oh you know ted johnson came out today and i'm gonna play the audio here in a second came out today and said i need to shut up he's a rookie and i'm like oh it's week 15 and he's the starting quarterback he's not really no he's got to be a leader you know what i mean and this is what Mm -hmm. leaders do um however the response from his coaches and teammates may be to me Sounds like Mac Jones may have spoken a little bit out of turn and went a little bit off of the Patriots script in that press conference. What did you take out of that of Mac Jones coming out and saying we didn't have a good week of practice this week? Well,
1: I mean, he might have been on it, but at the same time, he just came two weeks prior from a game that he had what five passes the whole game. Three, there's a three, three. I thought it was only three completions. No, he went two for three. Okay, okay, okay. That's a game, as a starting quarterback in the NFL, you're probably walking out of that game going, okay, we won, but daggone, man, I wish I could have done more, you know? And especially when you're young and you're a rookie and and things of that, I'm wondering if maybe he himself was stewing for two weeks and it got to him and he built this thing in his head during practices for those two weeks you know what I mean? And he's like, you know, the just things just don't seem right. No one's at the top because he himself was still, you know, somewhere else in his mind rather than focused on on the practices uh leading up to the Indianapolis Colts game. And that's probably how he viewed it. Like like you said, everything, everybody sees things differently, as Josh McDaniel says. And that could be a reason. Again, these are my tea leaves that I'm going with. Uh, but I, it, it, that's how it seems to me.
0: Yeah, it, it was a weird game. So I'm going to share you what Ted Johnson said. And uh, he, he speaks. I, I'm just going to shout out my boy, Mini Hype Man. By the way, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, Mini Hype Man uh, comes out, hyping up the Patriots games every week. Great videos. Great guy. I'm pretty sure he just bought somebody a jersey online, our boy Marcus. So uh, shout out to my to our boy Marcus. Uh, uh, mini hype man, but uh, he's sorry, so he says, uh, then Ted Johnson said that BB put him up to saying that. So I want to play you, it's about a minute 15 seconds. I want you to play you what Ted Johnson said. I'm not going to show the video because I'm not sure if I can, but I'm going to play you the audio, and uh, I'm going to play you the audio, so I'm it's there, so I'm just going to get away from it. YouTube rules and all. And I uh, want you guys to listen to it. And then we can talk about what Ted Johnson said.
2: Bad practices during the week saying we were feeling sorry for ourselves. Do yeah. you think you have a theory on that? You know, I was, I was surprised by that because it was so off script for, for Mac Jones. He's always just kind of stick stuck to the script. Cliche 101. And this time he went off script. And I was really surprised to hear him say that we were feeling sorry for themselves. About what? What You just came off of a bye week. Is it because you played on a Monday night and then you had to play on a Saturday night? get over it boys it's 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 you know ring chasing time right now you got to, you got plenty of time in the off season you got more time than you ever had when i played so you can uh, enjoy it then so that was weird to me and then him saying that they had bad weeks of practice or they had bad practices this past week and that their energy level was low who are you say? you're a rookie you're a rookie keep your mouth shut all right so that's not going to play well in the locker room my feeling is Bill Belichick probably had him say it, Michael. I think Bill Belichick wanted the, the message to go through Mac Jones, call out his players, because it would be it would be atypical of Bill this year to be come down really hard on this team. And so, to me, that was some orders from Bill, because I can't imagine Mac Jones going off script like he did, criticizing the team's energy and their preparation going into this week. When you're a rookie quarterback, you're not supposed to say stuff like
0: that. Okay, so... Just so you know, I don't like Ted Johnson. He may be a three-time Super Bowl champion, but I'm not a fan of his bitter ass. Um, But is that not talking out of both sides of your mouth? Hey, you're a rookie. You need to shut up. That's not going to sit right in the locker room. I think Bill told him to do it. You know what I mean? Like, what's he going to do? Tell Bill no? You know, are going to tell Belichick no? Like, what was just hearing that, here's the Boston media, right? It's we're back. And uh, it's funny because Connor and I were just talking yesterday about how the Boston media really hasn't beat up the Patriots over this Colts loss. Like we were prepared for this absolute ass kicking and then it never kind of, it never kind of came, you know, they, they all said it was bad, but they all said like, eh, you know, it's, it's one game onto the bills, you know, type of thing. We're all like, a lot of us were like, huh? (laughs) You know, but then Ted Johnson came out today and it's like, there it is. There it is. Uh, What were your thoughts on Ted Johnson's comments? I think Ted Johnson's
1: talking out of his ass. Uh I'm personally. Um uh, that's that's one of those rare cuss words you'll hear drop right out of my mouth. But um no, okay. So first off, look at the tone in which Mac Jones said that. Right? That was not calling out anybody. That was that was Mac Jones being depressed and, and coming up with excuses, right? That was that was him expressing things. All right. Bill Belichick has never in his entire career as a head coach had a problem like getting on his team when he needs to so that's that's some bs right there i don't care who's on the team and hold on what do you mean shut up you're a rookie this is a starting quarterback that sits in front of the national media after every game after every practice and talks to guy that's that's his job. he's been he's been uh taught how to talk to You know, media, you know, before he ever stepped in front in front of media by the Patriots organization. So, you know, he gets to say what he wants to say. Ted needs to shut his mouth. Okay. That's, that's my opinion on that because I mean, come on, man. I mean, he does it on it. How many times is, does Ted go? Did Ted jump out in front of the media? After every game, before ever after every practice, and talk to media because the media wanted to talk to him. I don't think so. I don't think so. Matt Jones has a even as a rookie, has probably more experience talking to the media than Ted Johnson
0: did his entire career. Okay, go off, Lawrence. Go off. And for anybody who's new to this podcast. That's a Colts fan over there. That ain't a Patriots fan. This isn't a bitter Patriots fan going off. I felt the same way. Um, I do address this on on Good Morning Pats Nation. For those of you who don't know, I don't do it live at 7 a.m. I pre-record it before I do this show. Um, There was just a lot of fuck you, you clowns that came out of my mouth. So I wish I could elegantly display what I had to say uh, the way Lawrence did. I do got to move on from the story, though. I love it. Let's move on from that. Let's talk about these Kansas City Chiefs. Every week there's a new team ravaged by this COVID-19 virus, and this week the hotspot seems to be Kansas City. Um, Here's the thing. My buddy sends me a joke yesterday. He's a Steelers fan, and uh, he was at the Steelers-Titans game in Pittsburgh. Uh, You're welcome, Sean, by the way. It was his anniversary. His wife messaged me and said, I want to bring him to a Steelers game. What game should he go to? At the time, I believed that Derrick Henry and Julio Jones and AJ Brown were going to play, and I said go to the Steelers, uh, Titans game, and she bought him tickets for that game. He got to watch TJ Watt uh, set the all-time Steelers sack record, so he's happy. So, anyways, he texts me a picture from the game. Whatever, great seats, and uh, I said to him, hey, do me a favor, beat the Chiefs next week because they just been like beating. They beat the Titans, kept the Patriots in second. They beat the Ravens the week before to let the Patriots could be the top of the AFC. I'm like, do me a favor, beat the Chiefs next week. He writes, yeah, here's the game plan. Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, COVID list. He says, that's the game plan. <laughs> 15 minutes later, I go on Twitter and I see a shot from Adam Schefter. Travis Kelsey has been put on the COVID-19 list. I message him. I go, did you know? He says, no, I was just joking Today, Tyree Kill gets put on the COVID list with a smattering of others. I text him back. I go, all right, two down, one to go. Your game plan is coming into fruition. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. Um, you think they're gonna this game's gonna have to get they're gonna reschedule, right? There's no way they're gonna I let the, the top you or do you think they're gonna play?
1: I think they're gonna play unless Patrick Mahomes gets put on it. If Patrick Mahomes gets put on it. Then, then then they'll probably reschedule it but right now as it sits and it also depends upon how many more people right i mean you you can replace a certain amount of people on your team if you get past a specific number then it becomes a serious detriment to your team right um th- th- there's a reason why you know that, that typical NFL term next man up is out there, right? And there's a reason why we have the practice squad that's been extended because of situations just like this. Right. So it I think that they'll I think that they'll play because it's still well ahead of well ahead of the game. Some of the some of these guys may come back right uh before the game. But if too many more get put on it, not enough comes back, and Patrick Mahomes gets put on it, there's no way that they'll let this game play without Patrick Mahomes uh, playing this game. There's just no way.
0: I want to talk a little bit about. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the game last night, Raiders Browns. How embarrassed should the LA Raiders be right now? Like, I totally understand that you, you won. But how embarrassed should the Las Vegas Raiders be right now? I you wouldn't had, mean you that had extra you had extra time to prepare for this game with your full roster, and the big boys on Cleveland were still on the COVID reserve list. I don't know like a guard came off, oh, a couple right. of guys came off, but how yeah. Embarrassed. Come on, the Raiders should be embarrassed by last night. A, a,
1: a little bit, a little bit. They won, so they saved face in that in that aspect. But I mean, all these guys, minus the quarterback. All right, that's the one thing. And the and the Browns' backup quarterback played well. You know, for for what I expected to see, I thought he played very very well, which was a very big surprise. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, when you're ravaged and you got that many major players off, then you should have a dominant game. I understand the next man up mentality like we just got done talking about. But there's a huge, you know, drop off in talent from starters to third stringers or practice squad guys or your your third quarterback or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, good for the Raiders. To pull off the victory, but yeah, uh, it kind of it kind of says where they're at though, right? This year, the Raiders have been dealing with a lot of issues themselves throughout the season, so um, I, I can't really come down on them too hard because they they've had a lot of challenges that they've had to overcome as well.
0: Speaking of a COVID game, we got a COVID game going right now. Twenty yeah. seconds left in the second half. It is three nothing, Los Angeles Rams, three nothing with twenty seconds left in the half. And that Matt was a
1: fifty-five yard field goal.
0: It was a. It was. I was just going to say that that came off a fifty-five yard field goal, uh, by Matt Gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson is eight for twelve for seventy-five yards in this game. Wow, just. Wow, uh, Rashad Penny has 15 yards in rushing. It's that's it, that's their whole run game. Russell Wilson doesn't have a rushing yard. Oh, wow! I was gonna watch this game like after I finished the show, but I might just let it go and just check the box scores. The next I was watching
1: it before I came on, so yeah,
0: God, Daryl Henderson five carries for 17 yards.
1: it's better than what Rashad Penny has though I mean yeah yeah, yeah. just <laughs> Russell God. Wilson it's weird because Russell Wilson it was all those handoffs and Russell Wilson would roll out to the right and there would be nobody outside to guard Russell Wilson but he always handed it off had he kept it one time he'd have broke that sucker for big yardage but not mm-hmm. once did he did he did he uh tuck it and run with it himself
0: Jesus just I haven't seen a second of the game yet. When I just quickly checked the score and saw three, nothing, I was like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is having games right now. At least oh. la-
0: one last I looked. I like defensive games, but three, nothing at the half is like, oh, God. okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like you ain't rooted
1: for the, some of these. I mean, there was this nine, six game that happened a couple years back.
0: <laughs> what game was the nine, six game? Wasn't that wasn't that a super bowl? Thirteen to three. Thirteen, 13 to, three. to three. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was
1: nine six, but either way, thirteen to three. Stupid N- nine to
2: six I mean, was
0: Jacksonville versus Buffalo a few weeks ago. Yeah. With, that when team. Jacksonville beat Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It was 13 to 3. Um yeah. that's a defensive game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but I'm looking at it on the Ram side. It's not a defensive game for the the, the, the Seahawks. Stafford's 14 for 20 for 138. You know what I mean? Uh with one you got know, one interception like it's, it's 10 first downs for the Rams around for 20 for the game. I mean, that's what you want. 5 for 8 on third downs.
1: How Stafford does not already have 300 yards passing at halftime against the worst team in the league against the pass by a large
0: margin is beyond me right now. Here's an interesting fact. The Rams have had the ball for 20 minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. Here I want you guys to hear this. Okay. There's been one turnover this entire game. An interception. It's 3 nothing at the half. The Rams have punted once. Wow. In a 3 nothing game after two quarters, that tells Ram- me that
1: tells me the Rams went for it on fourth down at least once and failed. Once. Once. Yep.
0: One failed fourth down. Punted once. And the Seahawks have punted three times in their nine minutes of possession. <laughs> just, sometimes when you don't watch a game, it's just funnier to look at the stats. The <laughs> box scores right. After. Right. All right. I got one more before we got to get out of here. It's also going to be my main feature on Dean Blundell tomorrow. Uh, Oh, God. The Carolina Panthers, I think they started the season 3-0, and people were just all over like Carolina Mm -hmm. is the team to beat this year. Great defense. We've seen the great defense. Uh, Sam Darnold looked like he could throw the football. You got guys like Robbie Anderson over there who can catch the football. Christian McCaffrey's back and healthy. Everything is great. Christian McCaffrey goes out. I don't think they win a game for like six weeks after that. Sam Darnold goes out with a shoulder injury, and they bring back Superman, their former first overall draft pick, the 2015 MVP and Super Bowl finalist Cameron Newton. Cam Newton comes out, has – Limited snaps, his first game. Oh, electric! Couple of touchdowns. His first start of this. His first start, electric. Cam's back. <sighs> Things have gone down in a hurry, Lawrence. In a hurry. Matt Rule is now waiting to assess Sam Darnold to see if he'll be ready to start this Sunday. Um. Wow. I understand you traded for Sam Darnold. I understand it. Like it's it's I I totally totally get it. I got to ask, was it this throw? I'm going to share here. Was it this throw that maybe did it for him? Let me just pull it up here. Could be the greatest throw in NFL history. <laughs> Was it that throw? (laughs) Was it that throw right there that Matt Rule said, okay, when is Sam back? Where's Sam's shoulder? Tell me, is it just time for them to sit Cam Newton? Like, is the experiment over? Is Superman done? And I'm going to ask, this: is it time for Cam Newton just to say goodbye to the NFL and stop the bleeding? Because this is a guy who could have left with a pretty storied career. I know he's never won a championship, but he could have left with a different narrative than he's going to leave now.
1: Look, I get that Cam Newton still has a lot of uh like ire wanting to wanting to play a lot of football he thinks is still left in him. There's a difference between, you know, willing and able, right? Huge difference between that. And, you know, we all heard Cam Newton say there isn't thirty-two quarterbacks that are better than me in the NFL. I'd wager there are forty-seven quarterbacks better than you in the NFL. <laughs> okay
0: Lawrence uh, is dropping uh, bombs tonight I love it
1: so uh as soon as <clears throat> in my opinion as soon as Sam Darnold is ready to come back he needs to take over that spot until then I hear your punter had played quarterback in high school try him out for a little while okay I mean that's uh, just my thought process on there
0: oh my god I fucking love it that like I'm ending it. I'm ending it right there. If I was ever going to end a show, I'm going to end it right like that. Uh, Lawrence, do me a favor. Tell the people where they can find you, man.
1: Well, thank you, Dre. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Colts underscore law. Obviously, you can check me out also on YouTube. Uh, My channel is called Lawrence Owen. You can definitely find it uh, if you just type in Colts law. You can find my podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, just type in "Believe in Colts" and you'll find me there as well. Uh, thanks! Thanks so much for having me on. It was a, it was a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for coming in, Lawrence. Always, always appreciate Mr. Lawrence Owen coming on. Listen, Patreon crew, don't go anywhere. The party continues on Patreon. For those of you watching on YouTube and Twitter, this is where we say goodbye. But this will continue on over on the Patreon page, which you can get by going to patreon.com slash sports. Follow the Ray Rail Patreon page. All right, guys, that is it. That is it. I'm done. Make sure that you smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button while you're at it. Don't forget, hit that little notification bell. Follow me over on Twitter at dpn underscore Ray. Uh, find all my Patriots vlogs over at Newsbreak. Don't forget to go to The Mothership, DeanBlundell.com. I cover the entire NFL. You got my blogs and podcasts over on the website. Links are in the description. Patreon and exclusive content in the description. And uh, I probably should have done this before. I always drop it out. But Lawrence... Uh, before I drop you back out again, I forgot I got to do it publicly. I will do it on Patreon, but I need to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas because I'm taking next week off, so we will not be on together next week. So, I'd like to wish you publicly in front of the audience a very happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. I hope you enjoy your time off. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll get back to Lawrence in a second. I just I figured it'd be nice if I wish them publicly, right, guys? All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will be back tomorrow. Don't forget, check out uh, Good Morning Pats Nation at 7 a.m. And then tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. We'll be the Talking Football with Ray podcast. I will be with my boy Mario over from Hashtag Sports. We will be teeing up the Bills versus the Patriots. As you all know, Uh, you've all been good. I really like it. And uh, I guess the only thing left to say is, You're all legit kid. right patreon what's going on the party continues lawrence is still here he said he'd hang out and he'd answer the patreon questions with you
1: yeah for a little while absolutely um is it just patreon or are we alive on youtube what's going on here
0: we're just on we're live on patreon that's all
1: that's it okay so i could have a cigarette
0: smoke it up smoke them if you got them
1: all right awesome
0: yeah no i figured out a way now to stay live but shut down the others so it's uh it's you have well. to
1: do it individually in the youtube thing
0: yeah yes yeah so i was excited for that because now i don't have to like shut it down relaunch restart i'm like oh i can just keep it going they can all watch the podcast dude you're fuck you don't understand that clip is being used on my blog that i wrote about cam newton today and i'm gonna buddy on that fucking there's 47 quarterbacks better that's gonna be Twitter. <laughs> like that was just I couldn't have asked for more than that. That was just fucking beautiful. Like that With, was just Well, I mean, you you
1: you said that that you was going to be using this as as your Dean Blendell thing and I was like, "Well, I remember Ray saying that he likes really big hot takes and stuff like that on Blendell and to be normal and blah blah blah." So, I thought I would go a little bit over there, you know. Yeah, for no you.
0: I loved it. I loved it. So Mikey is watching live right now. So Mikey, why don't I do this? Come in and chat with Lawrence and I. How about that? Oh man. All right. What do they got here? So Alex and, and Thomas as normal. Uh here's a good one. What team do you think will have the first round pick this year in this year's draft? The Lions. Even after the win? Yeah,
1: they're still their teams with more.
0: I think the Lions will still have it. Fucking, um, I want to play football for Dan Campbell. I don't know why. There's just something about the guy that just Gets you pumped up. Yeah, you you want to? I kind of want to run through a wall. You know, like I would run through a wall for that guy, Mike.
3: Oh, I just realized I'm still logged in as you, Ray.
0: Oh, it's okay. You're still Mike N. You can just stay logged in. You can. Mike moderated after what after I left on things where you let people in and out of the the Patriots just stay on Walked yeah, in. Doesn't matter. Cool. You gotta change your picture now though. Again. Yeah. I gotta add um, a picture to your thing. So he thinks is the line. Mikey, who do you think, man? Who's gonna be who's gonna have the first overall pick
3: in the NFL draft this year? I think it's gonna be the Jaguars. Fuck I it. Is. I wonder who their coach is gonna be.
1: Have you seen the Jaguars ain't going to win another game this year. Have you no. seen the teams that they're playing? Yeah, they're, they have. Probably, they have maybe the toughest finishing schedule of the NFL. They'll
0: yeah, probably r- beat the Patriots because that's just the way things go, right? But <laughs> Jesus, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: I gotta. Uh, like, did you see the fucking chat? Like, you can't even say the word COVID without. And we didn't get into anything today. We just got into players not, you know, being put on the list and.
1: The Kansas City Chiefs thing. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as that happened, then it just started blowing up COVID.
0: And that's all. But we didn't even get into people are Mm -mm. sick. We got, we just stuck right on to they can't be there. I told my buddy's story about how that. And I'm just, I'm just watching the fucking vaccine debate start in the thing. And I'm like, guys, just listen to the story for what it is. We're talking about Chiefs players not being able to play in the fucking game this week. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or possibly like, God. All right, here's another question. <laughs> Thomas says, getting a bad feeling for this Bills game. The more that Colts lost sunk in, the more I'm worried. No, uh, they yeah. can
1: smash the Bills.
0: Do you? I've got a I've got a bad feeling about this game as well. But I was telling the Patreon last night, this could be indication that I'm more confident in the Patriots now because I always fucking feared the worst with the Patriots. You know what I mean? Because I was always ready for the big loss. So
1: the only the only reason why the pay I think the only way the Patriots lose this game is they come in too hot. Because I got to after the loss, they suffered to the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to be overly focused, you know, uh, mm-hmm. practice hard, you know, come in, try to play with emotion, you know, that type of situation going into this game. And if you come in too hot, against the bills and you don't land then josh can you know make you pay but that's the only way other than that i think i I think the patriots are going to smash the bills i think it's going to be i think it's going to be at least a two score maybe three score game
3: what do you think mikey yeah i I actually kind of agree i i I kind of felt the same way you did ray yesterday and then i kind of you know, thought about the way the Colts game went, how we kind of bounced back, and the one thing that does worry me is take it for what it's worth. But Nelson Aguilar not being there and Akil Harry potentially being out sounds like Kendrick Bourne's gonna play, so we should be good. So because because he's asymptomatic,
0: yeah. I was talking about this in the in the the Patriots one. I just don't understand the rules. I don't I don't so get it. If anymore. they're asymptomatic, if they don't but he tested positive, that's a thing. But he still has to test out. He's not Yeah, he's still gotta so get it, two tests. Yeah, so he can
3: even though he's got no symptoms, he can still test positive. I read a thing today that was like if they're asymptomatic, they need to be spot tested like the day before the game. And yeah. Yeah, but you still, result. you
1: still, you still have to pass two
3: tests. Okay. Okay.
1: One of those tests can be the spot test at the end. That that
3: does worry me because Lawrence, you know, this, and I, I said this on your discord the other night, I was very critical of how little they used Kendrick Bourne uh, on Saturday. I, 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 j- I just don't get it, you know, and then they started going to Aguilar, but Kendrick Bourne's been their second most productive receiver. And he just kind of disappeared all night. It's like, it's I, I don't well, know.
0: I think it's because I was reading, I actually read something about that this week, and I thought it, they hit a good point. And they were saying that you know, Brady in bad times used to rely heavily on Edelman or Gronk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one thing they've noticed about the Patriots and Mac Jones when they need to move the football or they're in trouble, he re- he leans heavily on Jacoby Myers and kind of stops looking around the field he's just kind of looking for jacoby myers or hunter henry or hunter like, henry. yeah. those are his two guys right and i mean they had one interception and i get frustrated because jacoby myers to me like he had that 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 bread basket drop and i think it was the first was either the first or second half at uh, first first or second quarter he missed that block i mean i don't know how you miss darius leonard right like <laughs> now darius leonard probably going to plow Jacoby Myers, but it's going to slow him down a little bit. You know what I mean? Having to move a body. I don't know how you just, out of all the people on the field that you're going to miss, how you miss Darius Leonard. Like, he's, had
3: some, he had, he's had some weird mi- missed blocks this year too, which
0: he's had some weird, and I say this to everybody, this is why I don't think he's the number one receiver on the team, because I can like point to four different moments this year in critical times, and I will call that first quarter drop a critical time. I think at that yep. point, you were down 14-0 or whatever, or third yeah, whatever score was. Yeah, you have to make was. those
3: catches that he dropped. Yeah. You have to, yeah. Yeah, you no, have totally. to make
0: that catch, and you didn't. And then I go back to the Miami game when he fell down over the line and then missed that. I know it was a difficult catch, but if you're going to be number one, you got to make that catch on third down. The same with Tampa. He had a drop against Tampa where it was like in a critical yeah. point of the game. That's why to me, like your number one is the guy that nine out of ten times is gonna catch that football. Actually, ten out of ten times is gonna catch that oh. football. You know what I mean?
1: I got a question.
0: Yeah. Does
1: Kendrick Bourne generally play slot?
0: Uh mm. yeah. Bourne's kind of all over the place. They use him as the yeah. Y a lot. Um, they'll use him as a slot, use him as the Y. Uh, the only time he, the only thing he doesn't line up in is the X. That's Nikhil Harry or or Aguilar that play the X. But okay, he kind of so, he'll play all over. He'll play so, a little bit of H back sometimes, too
1: two the two guys on the Colts right now that are playing absolutely fantastic at corner uh Kenny Moore is like a lockdown dude right yeah. and and um Rakisen has stepped up this year i think he's only been targeted in the last eight games five times because he's been smothering receivers so you know I mean they're they've been able to take guys out of games. Uh, so that's, that's something you also have to kind of think about, you know, to, to have a target, the dude should be open. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah. no. And again, the only reason for my, my criticism of it from a technical perspective, that makes sense, but Kendrick Bourne again has been more productive than Jacoby Mm -hmm. Myers with the ball in his hand. So his yards after catch, he, he seems to make, make stuff happen, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I know we talked about it before the beginning of the season. You know, mm-hmm. we all thought Jacoby was going to take that step, and it it makes me wonder if we go back to that argument before the season, where it's like, was he just a he? Was he a guy among like nobodies on the team? No, a long, he's a years. he's a
0: very very good number mm-hmm. two. Yeah, and we need to stop acknowledging him as the number one. That's been my argument. That's what I, mean, I was saying.
1: That's what I was saying at the beginning of the year. You know, Myers is like a very good uh receiver. I figure he'll be that guy. But when you're looking at targets like targets and, and yak yards, Bourne was gonna be that dude. Yeah, you know, that he yeah, you was. Said, uh yeah, you said that as again much again, as right. I as much as I love Jacoby Myers, I, I really do like him. Uh, he still has some things to work on. And I said that too, you know, but yep. he could, you know, Damn. develop into a number one. He just got a couple of things he's got to work on still.
0: All right. Um, Thomas says, do you think Jacob Johnson can make the pro bowl? Do full, do fullbacks make the pro bowl? Is there a fullback voting spot or is that on a ball? I don't, I don't back? think,
1: well, yeah, actually there is still, but.
0: I don't mm. know, man. He missed that punt block. That uh, uh
3: I'm upset I like... with
0: you. I'm upset with the Achim right now.
3: <laughs> I feel <laughs> like Kyle Uch- check might have that on lockdown. No, but there's an AFC and an NFC for the Pro Bowl. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Stratton. Yep. Who the hell else uses a the fullback? I was there's... just wondering
0: who the hell else uses the Pro Bowl names or the fullback in the AFC? Um, Titans.
1: Have a pretty decent one. Uh can't remember his name off the top of my head. And uh who else? I remember seeing another team use a fullback a lot. You know, there, the used to, there used
0: to be a time that the fullback was a very important position. In oh, game. yeah, absolutely. Like it was such an important position. The now. only
1: team, the only team that has consistently used a fullback year in and year out is the Niners. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I mean, the Steelers kind of went away from it a little bit, you know. Uh, the Patriots, after... are,
0: the Patriots have consistently had a fullback, in their but teams. they don't
1: consistently use a fullback. Right? They right, they, yeah. they will run a lot of uh, other guys at the fullback position rather than just a
3: traditional fullback. When we had, oh my god, I can't remember his name. That was the dude that retired before he, yeah. Yeah, before Devlin retired, he was on the field quite a bit because they just used him like a tight end as well. Who are you thinking of, Devlin? Are
0: you thinking of no. Devlin?
3: Yeah, James Devlin. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. To answer your question, Thomas, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Thomas says, do you think the coaching staff of the Patriots can calm down the team after the loss? And after that, fire them up for the Bills. Is this team hungry enough? Um, I don't
1: think they need to be calmed down. I think they need to be fired up.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if listen, if there's any coaching staff that I tr- would trust to manage emotions and stuff, it's probably the Patriots coaching staff. That's a team that probably I wonder if Bill Belichick did his thing and where he like dug, digs a hole and buries the football. <laughs> That's a very, very common Belichick move. Mike, what do you think? You're a Patriots fan.
3: Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a problem getting fired up. I think they got fired up in that that second half of the Colts game. I think it was just a little too late there.
0: Uh, I think they got fired up in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't even say the third quarter. They came out firing. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I just... You know... And I mentioned this again to Lawrence the way that Mac Jones composed himself, the mental toughness there should be a signal to everyone who keeps doubting him that this kid's going to do something. Never. Do- I, I, I think he helps fire this team up.
0: You know what? If you recall after the Texans game and they were down by, I think two scores at the half. Patriots came out, had the ball to start the half, second throw, second play of the the, the half. Mac Jones throws an interception. That becomes a three score game. And then yeah. the Patriots came back. And I think at that point they either improved to two and four or two and three or something of that nature. I think it was their second one of the year. But I was jacked up, fired up after that game. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for the fact that they won. And I remember Mike, I remember you kind of coming at it like it's not that exciting. You know what I mean? They never should have been in that position. But I was like, dude, my thing was I got so pumped because I'm like, Mac Jones, a young kid, rookie, fourth game of the season or whatever it is, fifth game of the season, down by two scores, comes out, second throw or second play of the second half, throws an interception. The Patriots go down by three scores. I'm like, he could have packed it up right then and there, and nobody would have blamed him. You know what I mean? They would have been, you know, like – Nobody would have said, oh, Mac Jones doesn't have it. They would have thought, like, we've watched Trevor Lawrence pack it up week in and week out. Nobody blames them. They get down three, four scores. It's like, he's playing, but he's not playing. He's not at the same intensity he was in the first. Where Mac Jones led the Patriots back and won the game. And I was jacked up because I was like, it wasn't even for this season. It wasn't even for that win. But I'm like, that's what this kid can do Right. driving
3: forward. Yeah, I mean... The Patriots, and again, even in a loss, even in a loss where, it, like, you know, emotionally, I was just completely gutted after after the half. Thought they were going to score nothing, they came out and they rose to the challenge. Now, again, it was a little too late. You know, the JT run broke their back, but again, you do, they didn't fold up shop and just completely quit on can that I, game. And uh, I, I was.
0: I was yeah one sec. I just wanted to tell him like I was fucking miserable after that game. Oh yeah. my god, fucking yeah, was... miserable.
1: Okay, so from a Colts fan perspective, that uh, rewatched that game literally five times, and uh, I actually watched it five times on Sunday. Uh, I was pissed at the Colts, and not necessarily at the players. I was pissed off at Matt Eberflus because he played. He he called such a really good defensive like scheme game all the way up to the fourth quarter. Like he was playing a lot of man press, you know, forcing tight throws and stuff. Once the Colts went up 20 nothing and at, at, literally you could go right to the 12 minute and 32nd mark of the fourth quarter and you instantaneously see off coverage the rest of the game that the, 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 the cornerbacks back off 10 yards off of all the receivers. They went into that umbrella coverage BS again, you know, and they were like, I get it. And I've stated this, I understand it, you know, because that is a winning formula, you know, to not allow the big pass and let them have the, you know, quick uh, completions and stuff like that up front. But I've always been a big proponent of you continue to play the game that got you to where you are, you know, Bill Belichick would never have done that. Bill Belichick would have continued to play the exact same game. It's what got them the interceptions. It's what got them, you know, to to handle the the yards after catch situation that the Patriots were so good at this year through three quarters. And then the fourth quarter yeah, went to that stupid same damn thing he's done four different times this year that has cost them the game. It's the same thing that happened uh, against Tampa Bay. It's the same thing that happened against uh, Baltimore when they were up 19 in the fourth quarter and Baltimore ended up tying and and winning in overtime. It it, it really pissed me off. Uh, I'm not taking away anything from what, because they took advantage of that. You know, Matt Jones took advantage of that and took advantage of that very, very well. Even, even, even with that umbrella coverage, he still made that great pass and the amazing catch by Nikhil Harry <laughs> down the field. Right, Nikhil Harry's MVP. Nikhil, <laughs> Harry's
0: MVP. Nikhil Harry's MVP. This team. No, and I get it. And really, I mean, if JT doesn't doesn't bust off that run, there's a chance the Patriots tie up that game, and, and we go to and they, that game goes to overtime. It mm-hmm. was second um, and
1: eight, I think. Was that? Uh, I yes, think it was right. So it was
0: second and eight. That play after that play was going to bring you to the two minute warning. The Colts would have had one more play to try to pick up the first down. The Patriots would have got the ball back with a minute. I think it was a minute twenty left in the game. No timeouts, but a minute twenty left in the game. If they would have, if, forced if the
1: they would have tackled him at that point, it would have been about third and three. You know, yeah. because you know Taylor never gets stood up and then ran backwards. He always moves forward. So he'd he'd probably picked up five six yards on that carry. But, yeah, it it would have came down to that third down, you know, yeah. or
0: fourth. Frank Reich was pretty pretty aggressive on those fourth downs, and the the Patriots had no answer for the quarterback sneak. No, Wentz, yeah, that he leaned well, they...
1: he leaned on Wentz's big body, and and the fact that the Colts offensive line was just bullying. Well, that
0: and game. that's that's what was irritating me because on the I think it was the final fourth the final fourth down he converted with the sneak. They played for the sneak they covered the gaps they had it covered in the offensive line just blew the front Mm -hmm. seven off the line and that's that irritated me all right boys i gotta get out of here for the Patreon crew and the podcast the audio only podcast (laughs) all the youtube people are like i already saw the show i don't want to well well (laughs) well guess what you're missing appreciate you guys remember tune in every day check out my boy lawrence believe in colt's with DeQuel Jackson and Lawrence Owen, Colts Law Podcast, Colts Law YouTube channel at Colts underscore Law, and check out my boy Mike, my Thursday night co-host at MN, MN underscore Off Topic, and uh, you can get nice. them there. And remember, you're all legit, kid.
3: Come on, let's go to the blue hotel. I wanna. Live
0: Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. The Podcast Super Friends is a
2: monthly
1: meeting of five podcast
3: producers.